I started to notice that her interactions with me as my neurological issues had progressed had changed. She had naturally adapted to my needs without me needing to talk to her or train her or, or have influence on her for that. I'm Phil Hatterman, and you're listening to Dog Words, presented by Rosie Fund. Today on Dog Words, Dustin Koopman tells us about Sadie, the service dog he wasn't even looking for. In fact, he didn't even know that a service dog could help him until she showed him how. Then he advocated for himself to make her official. Not only is this a wonderful story of the human-animal bond, our hope is that it inspires others to seek the benefits that service dogs offer. Don't assume you or a loved one is not eligible for one until you visit the link in the description for ADA.gov. If you're new to Dog Words, in each episode we explore the world of dog care and companionship. We Save Each Other is the motto of Rosie Fund, which simply means the more we do for dogs, the more they do for us, and they already do a lot. You can support Rosie Fund by making a donation on our website or Facebook page. You can also contribute by making a purchase from the store on our website, buying a t-shirt at bonfire.com, or buying our note cards featuring Rosie and Peaches and our shirts on BarkYours.com. Links are in the description. Your donations and purchases help fund the Rosie Life Starter Kits that make sure these senior and harder-to-adopt dogs have some of the items they'll need in their forever home. Any donation amount is greatly appreciated, but here are some popular levels. $30 provides a collar and leash for a Rosie Life Starter Kit dog, and $100 covers their entire kit. You can also support Rosie Fund by downloading, subscribing, rating, and most importantly, sharing dog words. Follow us on social media, even if you aren't looking for a dog. Watching and sharing the videos helps our channel gain exposure, bringing awareness to our cause and giving shelter dogs much-needed attention. Our free Rosie Fund YouTube channel offers great videos of Rosie, Peaches, Vinny, Rosie Fund Ambassador Maggie, and shelter dogs looking for their forever home. We welcome your comments, questions, and suggestions, especially if you have an idea for a topic or guest. Go to the podcast page at rosiefund.org to share your thoughts. The mission of Rosie Fund is to provide humans with the resources and education they need to give senior and harder-to-adopt dogs a better life. We thank you for joining our mission. Joining us in studio is Dustin Koopman. Welcome to Dog Words, Dustin. Thank you. appreciate you having me. And I don't take this the wrong way, but I'm even more excited about the guest you brought with you. Yeah, most people are. <laughs> uh, she is She is usually the first one to be greeted uh, when, when we're seen out in public. You brought your service dog, Sadie. There's probably people who know her name who don't know your name. Yes, it is very common. <laughs> but Sadie is your service dog, and I want to know how you got Sadie, why you got Sadie, what she's meant to your life. But just to back up a little bit, have you always been... A dog person. I have, yeah. Even my, before you officially had a service dog. Yes. Yeah, I've been an animal lover my entire life. Grew up with dogs, cats. Uh, and then as I got into my adult life and was able to have my own pets, I was able to get a dog on my own. My first dog that I had on my own was a pug. A three-legged pug, oddly enough. Sadie is definitely not a pug. She, she is not. She's a Mastiff Boxer mix. And she's beautiful. She's stout. And sometimes stout is a euphemism for fat. She's not fat. She's just she's solid. The old adage that uh, dogs look a lot like their owners. 
Her and I are built very similar. Yes, you're built solidly. Yes. And I was actually measuring her for a new collar the other day, and her and I have the same neck size. So, <laughs> uh, it, it was quite it was quite amusing. It's like, well, you, it's, you can share clothes. It is. It's not a common neck size. It's 19 inches. And I, and I measured that, and I looked at her, and I, I thought to myself, really? Did I accidentally measure myself? Did I? Did I? Yeah, and so I, I had to redo it, and I thought... To, Wow. Okay. So yeah, here we are. Yeah, it's been quite a whirlwind of, of the last few years. In the description for this episode, I'll, as I always do, I'll put a link to any other Dog Words episodes that we reference. And right now I'm going to reference Fit for a Pit that we had on a couple years ago, it seems like, that has dog apparel and accessories that's specifically designed for pits and dogs that are stout like Sadie because you'll order something online and it will tell you you know measure from the withers to the base of the spine or and then around it and then this is a large like now that large is not going to work for my dog yeah just just like humans each individual dog or pet is unique mm-hmm. and uh, it's it's quite an experience trying to buy a new harness or or something for her so yeah, I highly recommend Fit for a Pit, and uh, and they have a very a liberal return policy. But I don't think you would need it because if you have any questions, just contact them and they'll walk you through it. So I'm going to link to Fit for a Pit. So you had dogs growing up, and then you had your own mm-hmm. dog. Why the leap to having a service dog? Well, oddly enough, getting Sadie was not the intention to have her be a service dog. Mm-hmm. Uh, I adopted Sadie in March of 2020. Uh, and if you remember what happened Why in March does that date ring a bell? of 2020, <laughs> I actually went down to Kansas City Pet Project on, I believe it was March 4th of 2020. My two daughters and I were down there. We had just left the zoo. And we stopped by and we were just walking by all the kennels. Uh, my, my pug had died in September and... I thought I wanted to go a while without having another dog. Mm-hmm. Uh, boy, was I mistaken. And so my daughters and I stopped there, and uh, my my oldest daughter was five at the time. Her and I stopped at, at Sadie's cage and just were immediately drawn to her. Mm-hmm. And so we had some little interactions with Sadie at the time, and I went and found a staff member. I said, I, I need to meet this dog. I need to get her out. I need to adopt her. And she said, I'm sorry, but she's actually just on a stray hold. You can't adopt her yet. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're going to need to wait 48 hours. Here's the process, and this is what you need to do. And so naturally, I put the money down mm-hmm. said, I will be back for her the, the minute she is up from stray hold. Yes. And they called me and said, no one's claimed her. She's up from stray hold. She's been spayed. And so uh, on a Sunday, March 8th, 2020, I drove down there. Picked her up, and she came home with me. Uh, two days later, the world ceased to uh, remain in its yeah. in its state that we all remember it as. Yeah, everything changed. Yeah, and so at that point in time, Sadie and I began to uh, learn each other and, and get a special bond, the bond that we have today. I have a, a neurological issue that I was diagnosed with, mm-hmm. and... From the day I brought Sadie home, I knew that she was interacting with me differently. She picked up on the neurological issue that I had. 
And if you don't mind me asking, when were you diagnosed with a neurological issue? It was in 2015. So for five years, you'd known you had this issue. Had a service dog ever been recommended to you or considered as an option? No, no. I went through some other uh, generic routes, you know, Western medicine routes Mm -hmm. to uh, attempt to help with the neurological issue and was really met with negative results. And so... The service dog wasn't really brought to my attention. I, I didn't think it was possible due to just so many different things that were going on in my life. And and with Sadie, the way she started to interact with me and the way I started to see her interacting with me, I thought, wow, this is really something different. My previous dog was a pug. He was also stout. He was a 35-pound pug with three legs. He was not really doing a lot of things as far as uh, services. He he liked to nap quite often, which I don't blame him. But Sadie adapted really quickly to home life, to having two small children, to uh, having a dad with, uh, with a neurological disorder. And so her and I began this bond. And I say, thankfully, we got sent home for, for COVID is is many negatives that came out of, of that for so many different people. It was mm-hmm. such a positive in this instance for me to be able to bond with Sadie and actually start to understand our relationship. It was something special. I've only known her since meeting her today. She's very sweet, very gentle. I'm not usually, usually I'm not ever just put off by a dog based on its size or its breed. It's like, oh, I need to stay away from that dog. But I could I could see someone who is wary about dogs just because of her size. Yes. Wanting to keep their distance. But once you approach her, she is just like the sweetest, gentlest, just calm and radiates that energy. It's not that she seems like unaware of what's going on around her. It's like I'm feeding this calming energy to the entire room. And, and that's one of her strengths, honestly. Yes, you have it right. Her size, her appearance, most people, uh, if they have that initial look at her, there are a group of individuals that may look at her and say, oh my gosh, because of past traumas or, or what have you, mm-hmm. or past interactions negatively with large dogs. But there are other groups of individuals that will see her and just automatically just migrate right to mm-hmm. her. She has her back to you right now, but if you were to see her, her tongue is way too big for her mouth. Yeah, I noticed she that when she a, came in the door. Yes, she has a very distinct underbite, and her tongue is is always out of her mouth. So there's always this little, you know, inch, inch and a half of tongue that's sticking out mm-hmm. that is, it's too cute to ignore. It's disarming. It is. It doesn't seem threatening you at know, all. So you have a 75-pound dog who has this little tongue hanging out mm-hmm. with just the sweetest demeanor. It's, it's very, uh, yeah, I would think that is the first thing that would probably win someone over is just seeing her from the front because from the side or the back, it's, this is a big dog. Yes. But then from the front, it's like those soft eyes and then that pink tongue poking out. Yeah. And she just, she gives off that, uh, that calming demeanor that you were Mm -hmm. talking about. That's just one of her qualities that I noticed from her, from the day I saw her. So when did you realize this is more than just the human-animal bond that I love my dog and my dog loves me. Mm-hmm. My dog is helping me. Yeah, I realized that in 2022. 
2020 was a whirlwind. I had a daughter born in 2020, so I'm a young father. I have a new dog. I have a new child. I have a five-year-old as well. Life is crazy, right? Mm-hmm. And my career is demanding. And so 2020 comes, and we start to to settle into what our new normal may be. Mm-hmm. And then as 2022 starts to progress, I start to realize this is more than just the human animal bond that, that you're talking about or referring to. I started to notice that her interactions with me as my neurological issues had progressed had changed. She had naturally adapted to my needs without me needing to talk to her or train her or or have influence on her for that. Yeah, you're not modifying her behavior. She's just figuring stuff out on her own. She was naturally picking up on the environment that she was in and able to make those changes subtly. Over time in 2022, I was able to spend more time with her and actually see this on a more intentional level to say, hey, I think I'm on to something here. I think this is more than just Sadie and I having that traditional animal-human bond. Mm -hmm. And so what I was able to do is identify that, and I started to do my research into what is a service animal? What does it entail? what training is required, what documentation is required. How do I go about doing these things so that Sadie can be there for me when I need her to be there, not just at home? Mm -hmm. Because we all know life continues to get more difficult as we we continue through. And so it's best to have all the tools necessary for you to succeed. And so I was able to identify that and say, hey, what do I need to do to get this done? And, And that's really where it turned. Were there any uh, experts that you were able to consult, anybody who's been down this road before, even if they're not an expert, but someone more experienced who'd gone through that process that you were able to turn to? Uh, You know, I did a lot of research on the internet. Uh, The the internet is a vast, vast resource if it's used correctly. Mm -hmm. Obviously, there are a lot of uh, websites or things that can lead you down an incorrect path, Mm -hmm. so you need to vet. So I was able to go out there and use ADA.gov was my best friend to, to actually go through and say, hey, what do these look like? What are the requirements? But I, was ne- I never was able to physically contact anybody here locally. I will say I did try extremely hard to find mm-hmm. someone locally. but I Well, d- most of the programs for training service dogs have a specific population they're working with. They do. This is for veterans and first responders. This is for physically challenged. Um, this, yeah. And so if you don't fit into one of those categories that there's a group for, it's like, well, See, we're not sure exactly how to train your dog for what that's you the need. challenge, right, yeah. is, is that uh, the majority of service animals that people think of are automatically seeing eye dogs mm-hmm. or uh, someone who is deaf uh, or hearing impaired, there's an alert dog. Mm-hmm. But you nailed it with talking about veterans, first responders. I'm a former first responder and a lot of the neurological issues that I have come from that job. But I've actually, I had distanced myself from that and been out for uh, five years when I started to realize that I had pre-existing issues that mm-hmm. came over from that. Yeah. And it was time to do that. So those resources were no longer available for me because I wasn't still an active member of that community. So you figured it out on your own. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, what surprised you about the process like were there things that were that seemed insurmountable and were there things that seemed like well this is easier than i could have possibly imagined yes both 
right? Uh, so when you go to ADA.gov and you start to look at what is a service animal, there, there's a lot of people out there with the train of thought, especially in 2023, that believe an emotional support animal is the same as a service mm-hmm. animal. And we've had um, service dog trainers on. Mm-hmm. We've had uh, Seeing Eye has been on and uh, Missouri Patriot Paws has been on. And yeah, that's a big issue that, yeah, a service dog and a therapy dog yes. are not the same thing. It is It is two separate things. It, different requirements, but then also different ways that they are treated by the law as far as where you can take them. Absolutely. And and other other issues. So, yeah, you need to sort out what kind of yeah. dog. Yeah. So, uh, I mean, to begin with, you have to sort out and say, is this a service animal? Does my animal or does my dog? Uh, because a service animal is only classified as a dog or a miniature horse, oddly enough. Mm-hmm. Does my dog perform a task that I cannot do due to my mm-hmm. disability? Yeah, it can't be just, I like having my dog around, or I it's, feel better when my dog is around. Yes. That's not a service. No. That's when you become into the emotional support animals and mm-hmm. or therapy dogs or therapy cats, things of that nature. But federal law prohibits that, but local and state laws can maybe be different for emotional support animals or those types of cats. A lot of people have mm-hmm. uh, cats or small dogs and that type of thing. So, And it's hard for a cat or a small dog to perform a service. It is. They're just not physically capable. It is. With a small dog, because they're probably not physically capable. With the cats, they're probably not interested. They, (laughs) I mean, I'm going to say the thing that we're all thinking is they don't want to. Yeah. Yeah. They cannot be bothered with a menial. I have other things on my agenda. It's a menial human task. Yeah. I have to go clear off this coffee table. Yes. We worship (laughs) them, right? So. Yeah, it's so what I started to find was that there was a lot of literature out there trying to define what actually means for a service dog versus all of the other classifications that are out there because there's a lot of common misconceptions and there's a lot of misunderstanding and there's not a lot of direction provided to uh, individuals. For example, if I were to walk into an organization today, a business uh, anywhere, and someone is blindsided by it, they're like, oh my gosh, that's a dog. Why is your dog in my building? Mm Mm-hmm. It's surprising to me how many people don't know what they can ask or what they should ask or how they should approach me. Mm -hmm. And so typically you can read people's body language. You can see the panic on their face. And I'll just simply say, hey, I just want to let you know her name is Sadie. She's a service dog. She's ADA compliant with me. And let me know if you have any questions. And she's going to be better behaved than 99% of the people who come through here. Well, and, and then just by me simply having a conversation like that, breaking the ice for someone. It diffuses. It, it does. And then a lot of them are like, oh, well, I wish my dog was that well behaved. Yeah. You know, I, I get that comment quite often. Yeah. Or uh, a lot of people will just approach me and just start talking to me about their dog uh, or their dogs. And it's led to a lot of fun conversations. Sometimes it can really just get you down into a rabbit hole of just talking dogs and, and trying to understand each I other. I thought it was going to be in and out of here in two minutes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there is some of that. I, I won't lie. There are, there are times to where Sadie and I are, you know, run into the grocery store. Mm-hmm. We're trying to get something quick to, to get home and make some dinner yeah. and, and just enjoy our evening. And, and the next thing we know, it's 45 minutes later. Yeah. And we've talked to, we've talked about 12 different dogs. I have a family that's waiting for food. <laughs> yeah, which, you know, I, I have no issues with. 
it's a lot of fun, but I have to be cognizant and yeah. mindful of that as well because I, I like to carry on. Too. Well, by default, you've become an ambassador for service dogs. Yes. Uh, the one thing I will say that I struggle with the most, I, I would say from this point forward, once I was able to get her certified and she's out in public, younger kids and younger people that just approach her and they don't understand what the tag means. Mm-hmm. I had a young lady at the grocery store the other day who walked by and stuck her hand into Sadie's face. Didn't say anything, didn't, and I, I pulled Sadie back. Not that she's going to do anything aggressive. Mm-hmm. I'm not worried about her personally. But that young lady, she just did not know what she was doing. And she shouldn't be comfortable doing that with a strange dog. because She shouldn't be. She reaches out to Sadie, and Sadie is a good girl. Now that young person thinks, oh, this is appropriate behavior, and they're going to reach out to a dog who's not like Sadie. Yes, you know, and that that's exactly right. All dogs are friendly. Mm-hmm. And, and yeah. you know, now she's walking in a, mm-hmm. by in a parade, and there's a police dog there, and she sticks her hand in a police dog's face. Mm-hmm. We all know how those respond. Yeah, they don't put up with that anything. That is not that type of behavior. Yeah, uh, They're trained for two different jobs. And, mm-hmm. and so it's definitely something that I'm struggling with. And I say struggling with, it's not that I'm struggling with it on a personal level. It's just I'm seeing it more and more and more. And so I'm struggling with trying to find how to educate people so that I don't have to remove Sadie back and say, hey, knock off what you're doing or or be Mm -hmm. forceful or or anything like that. I don't want to scare people. Yeah. I just want to educate and and get that. And some people misinterpret that as, oh, that dog must be dangerous since he's pulling her away. And so now everyone's unnecessarily giving you a wide berth or yeah. I need to talk to the manager. There's a guy over there with a dangerous dog. Yeah. You have to find that that line and, and walk that line of, mm-hmm. of how she's being perceived. But, you know, as we talked about a little bit ago, her little tongue, the way it hangs mm-hmm. out, her demeanor. I don't know if you can hear her. She is. Yeah, I can hear her snoring. snoring. I don't think right the mics now. are picking it up because these are pretty yeah. good mics yeah. as far as just getting what they're supposed to yeah. capture. <laughs> yeah. And so she, I think we're missing out on her adorable snoring. She has found herself into slumberland again. But that's one of the largest challenges that I'm, I'm seeing now that I've gone through the process. Um, as far as uh, getting her certified, ADA actually does not require a, an outside trainer to train your dog. You're mm-hmm. able to do it yourself due to the needs mm-hmm. of, of what your disabilities are. Yeah, it'd be very uh, different if you were blind. It, it is. Yeah, there are a lot yeah. of different classifications. Now, if I were, you know, like you said, if I were blind or if I was hearing impaired or, you know, if there are a lot of other more serious. Yeah, and there's there's other specific tasks that yes the dog has to be able to do for a blind yeah. person or a, a paraplegic. Yeah, and then I, then I need to prove that she's capable of doing so mm-hmm. in order to uh, make that justification for that. And so working through the process was easier than I thought it would be. But at the same time, there is still a lot of paperwork that has to go through it. And there's still a lot of knowledge that you have to have about the process. And then I feel that it's my responsibility to educate others. Mm-hmm. Like we were just talking about, have a conversation with the parents of that child. Hey, I'm not sure if you're aware of this, but your daughter or your son just mm-hmm. put their hands in my dog's face, mm-hmm. approached my dog without asking me permission. You need to be cognizant of that as parents to say, hey, just have these conversations. Mm -hmm. And so I'm trying to be an ambassador for that as well. That's an important responsibility that you've undertaken. Did Sadie exhibit any sort of acknowledgement that my responsibilities not really changed because she'd already figured out what her new responsibilities were, 
But did she seem to recognize, okay, this is official now. I have a harness. Yeah, she has. It's very fun to watch her physically because when she's at home and uh, she doesn't have her harness on, uh, I put a handkerchief around her neck because she is part mastiff and she slobbers everywhere. When she has that on and she's just playing like the big goofball that she can mm-hmm. be, it's, it's one thing to see. You know, and when she's interacting with my children, it's wonderful. And she runs around the backyard, and, and we have a cat that lives out back that they're best friends. And it's, it's wonderful to see, but you can tell it's almost like a, a football player when they put their pads on. Mm-hmm. I throw that harness on her, and she just immediately yeah. snaps into game mode. Okay, Dad, sits at my foot. Where are we going? What are we doing? I'm on the clock. I'm ready to go. And, and you know, she, you can see... Right now, she is sitting at my side, but she's faced away from me. Mm-hmm. Uh, she is covering my back right now. And so she's constantly in... I, I mean, I know she's asleep, but if there was something to happen... If something went she's, down. She's going to alert me. <laughs> yeah. and, and so she's picked up on these subtle little cues that I never even thought she would mm-hmm. on her own. And so she does that. But as soon as we get home tonight, I take that harness off. She's going to be throwing her toy around, being a goofball. The way our studio is set up, it's an alcove, and I'm at the back of the alcove facing out to the rest of the, the room. So when we came down, I'm used to dogs noticing me, being interested in me. I'm a little narcissistic. <laughs> I, I expect them to think I'm hot stuff. I came and sat down at my end of the table, indicated where you could sit, she couldn't care less what I was doing. She sat down with her back to me, and just as you described, got your six. Yep. And uh, when I started jabbering, she kind of glanced over her shoulder just to kind of check out what's going on over there. But, you know, she's just monitoring the environment Mm -hmm. and then back to where my focus needs to be. It's like, what a good girl you got there. Yeah, I, I, uh, I can't believe how wonderful this all just fell into place you know the everything at the right time uh, she came my way and you know i joke about i don't know really who saved who to be honest mm-hmm. yeah. and the motto of rosie fun we save each other yeah, this is a exa- perfect example of that. exactly yeah she was on that stray hold and seeing her you know i still have the pictures and i still refer to them often just uh remember where we both came from yeah you got her out of a shelter and she got you to where you needed to be. How has your life changed pre-Sadie as a service dog to now having her as a service dog in addition to what you've just talked about as far as kind of being an ambassador, an educator? How has she uh, impacted your life? Well, on a daily basis, she's with me throughout the, the good things, the bad things. So she's there to be, to be with me when I'm able to celebrate the small victories, the little things, the small accomplishments. She's also there when the day's bad. So just like anybody else, when you look over and you see that little face and she nudges you and she gives you a kiss or she gives you a hug, mm-hmm. it just makes you feel better. Yeah. I don't care who you are. Uh, a dog walking by, and I can tell that at work as well. Uh, when she's walking by with me, even though people are not interacting with her, just her silly little face or her mm-hmm. snort or snore from across the room changes the demeanor or changes the mood at work as well. And so I've noticed an increase just in my personal health, mm-hmm. uh, mental health, as well as having her help me with the, the neurological issue. And so 
I'm also seeing that throughout work as well with other people. Dogs have that gift at some level, but then there are other dogs, and I'm not blowing smoke. I'm not overstating this when I say she does radiate an energy. It's more than just, oh, there's a dog here. I like dogs. Mm -hmm. It's this dog is part of the energy of this space. Yeah, It's made such an impact that, as I said earlier, when I'm at work, oftentimes her and I will enter a room and someone will say, hey, Sadie. Oh, hey, Dustin. (laughs) There is a distinct delay between Mm -hmm. the, hey, Sadie, and, oh, hey, Dustin's attached to the other Mm -hmm. other end of that leash. Or sometimes it's not even a, hey, Dustin. It's just, hey, Sadie, how are you, sweetie? You know, and then it's fun to see that. And it's fun to see people's interactions with her. Although they're not physically interacting with her, they, they still are with that, that non-communicative and, and verbal communication as well. You, yeah, you've made someone's day better. Yeah. And they probably needed that. That's the thing is, you know, when her and I walk through, not only is she providing me the service that, that she does, I see her add a smile to many, many people's faces every day. Between being able to do that, not just at work, but out in public too, um, her and I like to frequent. I'm a custom woodworker too on the side, so we spend a lot of time at the tool stores Mm -hmm. uh, just daydreaming about uh, different tools. But everybody that walks through there just automatically, everybody gravitates to her. We spend a lot of time at Barnes & Nobles, uh, things like that. And naturally people just gravitate to her. And so it's been fun to to watch the impact that she has on so many others while at the same time being an ambassador and being able to educate and help people understand that, that it's okay. It doesn't have to be negative. You don't have to think, oh, something's wrong with that guy. Yeah. No, you can still come talk to us. Having a dog has benefits, which is why we say we save each other so that even if it's not in an official capacity where this dog is certified as a service dog or a therapy dog, you can get the benefit to some extent that Dustin gets from having Sadie. And I know a lot of the people who listen to dog words either have a dog or if they're in a position to have a dog, they do. Yeah. Uh, and I know we have some listeners who follow Rosie Fund on social media to vicariously have a dog because they're in a situation where they're not settled down enough or they're in an apartment that doesn't allow dogs and they want to have a dog so someday. Absolutely. But all of you can be ambassadors like Dustin for letting people know the value that a dog can bring to your life, that you can rescue the dog, you can save the dog, But then the dog also offers so much for you. And be thinking about who do you know who may never have even considered having a dog that could benefit from that companionship. Or someone who you might not have realized would be a candidate for a service dog. Mm -hmm. Because you're someone who had a dog, loved dogs, never occurred to you until... Sadie said, yeah. hey, I'm your service dog. Yeah, you're absolutely <laughs> right. Uh, you know, I didn't realize that that's what I needed. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I was able to advocate for myself. Mm-hmm. Some of us are not that fortunate. Sometimes we exactly. need somebody to help us advocate for us. 
and know that it's okay to take that next step and that it's okay to, to say, you know what, uh, maybe I do need help. Mm-hmm. It's okay. It takes a lot of strength to ask for help. And it was a couple of uh, episodes ago, and I'm sorry that this is blurring together, but we talked about how for a lot of people, it's easier to give up than it is to ask for help. Yeah, absolutely. I think I lived by that motto for a very long time. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was just easier to, to give up or just move on to the next thing and say, that's just, that's not going to work mm-hmm. than it was to say, hey, I need help. So if you can ask for help, if you can advocate for yourself, great. But also if you see someone who perhaps is not willing or equipped or able to advocate for themselves, give them a hand. Send them a link to this podcast. Absolutely. That might be the inspiration they need to, well, I can click on ADA.gov, which will be linked in the description. Yeah, please do. ADA.gov is full of useful information. There's also a, a section on there of frequently asked questions. I think it's, uh, quote me on this, but it's right around 37 questions that are frequently asked that they have listed on there. And each one of them, you sit there and you read through it and you're like, wow, that's actually a really good question. Yeah. Question right. you didn't know to ask. Or it's a really common question that as you read through all of this literature, because you know I'm a firm believer in death by PowerPoint and those things that sometimes mm-hmm. it's just drinking water from a fire hose. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and sometimes those websites can be that way. But when you especially government at, websites, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, we'll just leave it at that. But when you start to look through there, they broke it down in a simplistic way that says, "What is a service animal?" Well, it's a quick link that says, "Well, it's only a dog." Because if you get somebody that's trying to argue with you that it's something different, well, mm-hmm. well no, actually, I'm just, again, yeah. as an educational standpoint, this is, this is what's actually yeah, accepted. Yeah, your, your, your peacock you know, is not yeah. a service animal. <laughs> you know, and then a lot of it has to do with questions about, uh, a lot of people ask questions about restaurants. Am I able to take my service animal to a restaurant? Well, actually, yes, you yeah. are. Are they allowed to go up to the buffet line with me? Yes, actually, they are. And so it's all listed out in there, things that you wouldn't think to ask, like you just said. And it's all available for you right there. Click of a couple of buttons. And start the journey, and you may learn that service dog is not going to be an option for you. But, hey, if it is, take advantage of this wonderful, wonderful relationship mm-hmm. that can impact your life in such a glorious way. One thing that I, I want to hit on quickly that I did learn, because a lot of people ask, well, if you have a service animal, how do you fly with it? Most people think, wow, are you really going to fly with that dog? Especially Sadie. Yeah. She's 75 pounds. Yeah. She's going to take up a seat. Yeah. This is not, herself. she's not going to go under the seat in front of you. Yeah. This isn't a Pomeranian in a purse yeah. or a Chihuahua in your shirt, you know, like anything like that. This is a fully grown dog who is on her hind legs as tall as I am. So what was interesting to, f- to find out and to learn is that the Americans with Disabilities Act controls what a service dog is on the ground. They don't actually control what a service dog is in the air. Uh-huh. That's the Department of Transportation. So it's a completely different aspect, but each airline has their own procedures on it. So if you fly Southwest, you have to fill out specific documentation for Southwest. If you fly Delta, you have to fill out with Delta. If you fly United, same thing. But there's a, a, 
a consistent form that you have to fill out through the Department of Transportation that you have to take to the ticket counter and has to get approved or or you're not flying. Uh, it's just as simple as that. So plan ahead. <laughs> that I cannot I cannot stress that enough. Plan ahead. Yes. Be very diligent in your planning and do your research. Definitely do your research. Well, if I am ever on a flight and there's a service dog in the seat next to me, I hope it's Sadie. Yeah. Commonly, they are. Uh, the last flight I was on, I haven't had her on a flight yet. That's something we're working towards right now. But there was a Labradoodle, and uh, it was a large dog. And they had him on a bulkhead right at the front. Mm-hmm. It was curled up on the floor because he obviously wasn't fitting in a seat. Yeah. Him either. And I guess uh, he did. the passenger didn't buy a second ticket for, for the pup. So Well, after you go on that flight with Sadie, once you navigate all the paperwork and yes. take a trip with Sadie, circle back, let us know. I'd like to find Absol- out how, how she responds to that, how other people responded to her See, going to the airport and security and, and that whole yeah. things that you don't think about when you're just carrying your luggage and yeah. not navigating with a dog. Exactly. It's going to be a, a whole new level of challenges, um, but... It's challenges that are welcomed. I'm yeah. really excited. They're welcome and certainly worth it. Absolutely. I noticed Sadie has an employee ID badge. She does. Yeah, she was <laughs> she was provided with that on her first week. The picture that was provided for her employee ID badge actually, I had caught it when she had <laughs> she had just woken up and her tongue was fully hanging out of her mouth. So it really captures her in her true essence. So it's like everybody's. Passport photo, employee badge, picture. It it's like this is not a glamour shots. Nope. It is that <laughs> it is that standard uh, picture ID, but I will tell you that it's one of the first things that's noticed with her in the office. Most people will be like, oh my gosh, she has her own ID. She's official. She is official. It helps that my department's in charge of that. So. <laughs> <laughs> Inside track. We were, we were able to get that printed up quickly. Well, Dustin, thank you so much for telling your story and allowing us to meet Sadie. And I'm really looking forward to getting to give her a little love here once we sign off. So thank you for being on Dog Words, and we look forward to having you back. It's my absolute pleasure, and I can't stress this enough. Please go out and adopt. Thank you. I'm Phil Hatterman, and you've been listening to Dog Words, presented by Rosie Fund. Thank you to Dustin Koopman and Sadie for joining us today. Please check out the link for ADA.gov and also enjoy the Dog Words episodes that are linked in the description. A big thank you to alternative string duo The Wires, featuring cellist Sasha Groshong and violinist Laurel Morgan Parks, for playing the wonderful music you've heard on today's and previous episodes of Dog Words. Supporting The Wires supports our mission. Learn more about The Wires, including their concert schedule, at thewires.info and download their music on iTunes. Check out FiddleLife.com and learn to play fiddle and cello fiddle online from Laurel and Sasha, even if you've never played before. Go to rosyfun.org to shop and get links to our social media. As always, please download, follow, rate, and share dog words. This helps us with sponsorships, then Rosie Fund can help more dogs. Send us your comments, questions, and suggestions via the contact form at rosyfund.org and let us know if you would like to be a sponsor or a guest of the Dog Words podcast. Thank you for listening to Dog Words, and remember, we save each other.